G'day everyone and welcome to episode 106 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Kai. John, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. <laughs> Not much to report, to be honest, but fine. <laughs> how are you guys? I'm still kicking. That'd be how it is. <laughs> what about you, Abia? I'm... I'm uh, I still have a roof over my head, which, uh, which is still good, which uh, I'm very ha- um, thankful for. Which apparently in this modern climate in Australia, we don't isn't always guaranteed. So you know what? It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, they say we have high yeah. standards here on Double Jump. I don't know if that's <laughs> <Definitely>. true. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it feels like we're taking a certain tone <laughs> lately. <laughs> I'm sure how to feel about it. Welcome to w- welcome yeah. to double jump nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week where we deliver our where Ka- uh, where yeah. um, Kai delivers his manifesto. <laughs> if I had uh, well. a nickel for every time someone has talked about me writing a manifesto this week, I'd have three. <laughs> <laughs> We we move away from uh, communism and and celebrate capitalism with some some uh, news and the uh, I guess premiere of two major trailers this week. First one being the actual reveal trailer of Grand Theft Auto Six, um, which, as per the rumors, uh, as per all the leaks, I feel like there've been leaks every few months for the past two years uh, that the game is A, taking place in Vice City, which is the um, the in-game universe's take on uh, Miami, Florida. It is set in modern day. It is set to be released in 2025. And it's um, currently being uh, just confirmed for the PS5 and Xbox Series systems. Uh, No PC release at launch. Uh, And, you know, hopefully that changes in the future. Um, But knowing Rockstar... You make a gajillion dollars for the first 18 months, bring out the PC release, and then make an even more gajillion dollars, which which I think is a technical term used by uh, reporters everywhere. And interestingly enough, it is the it broke a bunch of uh, view account records, first being the fastest non-music video to reach 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, and 100 million views. And I'm sure 1 billion isn't too far behind Kai, what did you think about the trailer? I, all right, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off, team. I was underwhelmed. I was not impressed by the trailer. Like, mm. I mean, we didn't actually learn anything other than Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming, which we already knew, uh, and that it'll, it'll be called Grand Theft Auto 6. I guess we learnt that it'll be in Vice City, and that's good, but I would also have been excited about being in a new city or a return to San Andreas. So the the reveal that I guess it's going to be in Vice City, which we already knew, didn't do much for me. The, the only thing I guess we learnt is that we'll have a female play character as an option, which is, which is nice. Yeah. 
But, you know, as a trailer, it was pretty pretty bland, I felt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I know that the when the, when the, the major leak happened, I think it was last year, uh, we, we saw very early footage of the female playable character. So from what we saw in the trailer, it looks like the, the, the game story is centered around uh, like a Bonnie and Clyde style uh, duo uh, with um, uh, who both seem to be of, I think, at, at least the female seems to be of Latino descent. I'm not sure about the male. I, I thought he was as well. Um, but have they confirmed that it's that both players are um, both characters are playable? Because I got the vibe that it was only the female character that was like kind of the lead. But that um, could just be a personality thing. I think the leaks confirmed that both of them were playable, but I don't think Rockstar themselves have said anything <laughs> aside from mm. the trailer itself. There's only some, yeah, it's literally just the trailer, I think, in terms of official information. Uh, but, um, fair enough, fair enough. W- what did you think about the trailer, John? Um, I was pretty into it by comparison. I, I, I very much like the vibe and tone. Um, one of the first things um, it kind of, I don't, I didn't have it in my mind before the trailer premiered and then watching it, it, it had like is that I, I kind of forgot that their last game was Red Dead Redemption 2 which has a very mm. particular tone <laughs> compared to pretty much every other game they've released and it feels like it's carrying onwards through into GTA 6 which I don't think I kind of expected because GTA 5 was very um that was like almost like a return to how it was before 4 which was also kind of ser- I don't know I, I can't you mean really more you mean tone in a like a narrative way like a serious tone like in gta 4 and red dead redemption 2 is that what you mean yeah basically it's like it's a bit more like understated dramatically or i'm not sure if that's the best way to put it but it's like it just felt a lot more like grounded is like a broad term to use as well but it's just like like that's kind of what stuck out to me where it's like oh that's right the last game they made was red dead 2 and that was so Mm. unique for rockstar's portfolio I, I actually don't yeah, think you reminded me of it. I don't think Red Dead Two was that unique tonally from Rockstar's portfolio. Because if you go through really? go through their games, they don't often have happy endings. Like oh, they generally true. stick to bittersweet at most. But Rockstar really has a claim on the on the doomed protagonist. It, it's more tragedy. about like. Yeah, well, that part makes yeah that part's yeah. familiar enough. I, mean, I, I, I guess I meant yeah. more like it's very um it's very deliberately slow, and um like it's like because like especially gameplay wise as well, it's like it's very simulator driven almost. Red Dead Two mm. compared to what they made before, and I think the leaks yeah. confirmed that Red uh, GTA Six is going to have a lot of that too. Um, yeah, I think like, we're in the mood today to yeah. have too many good words to describe these I think, things. I think but. I think you're like if we, if we look at Rockstar. I think I think I'm I with like I feel like GTA Five was a bit of a departure because I think you know the first three three uh, D GTA games were they they were kind of zany like and they they had a lot of um they were, they were very goofy. I got I got the vibe that they were very goofy and like they didn't really take things too seriously and then gta 4 was very serious and then gta and then red dead redemption 1 was serious so was and then bully was a bit of a departure being a bit more goofy and then um gta 5 i feel like was back to that kind of goofiness and then 
Red Dead Redemption 2 was serious again. So, I, I guess, like, yeah. It's a weird, want, yeah. weird contrast, because they, they like their sort of silly, goofy worlds. But their mm. main, the main narratives of most of their games are quite quite grounded and... Yeah. And and serious. And they, they Especially uh, Rockstar Table Tennis. That was, I think, the, 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 that the, was the ending of that, really. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like bleak. the epilogue. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think it is worth Sorry, talking GTA Five though, because it's like <laughs> its stories. Like that one was one where they ended up. Oh fuck! I left. No, I lost the train. <laughs> my train of thought as you brought up table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like that one was one where the. Um, oh shit! I forgot actually. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think it was very important anyway. <laughs> um, Do you reckon we'll see a return of Rockstar Table Tennis in GTA Six? I, I could believe that, to be honest. I bloody well hope so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, that, that, that would be like... I was really impressed. I was really impressed by the scale shown in the trailer and the sheer detail on all of the NPCs and, and what they were doing. Like, I think it, it is definitely seems like an, a game that was built from the ground up for the modern generation of consoles... Yes, it shares a lot of the techniques used in Red Dead Redemption 2, but more so the, the maybe the PC release where it had high resolution, very long draw distances, uh, a lot of realistic animations on the uh, on the NPCs. It it still obviously has a bit of that kind of open world, like how should I put it, like that um uncanny valley thing where you know NPCs aren't quite they're not 100% perfectly, like, you know, realistic, like, in terms of the way they move around. The car's kind of, like, stopping a dime and and things like that. But overall, I think, from a lighting, from a, like, a scale perspective, it looks really, really good. Um, that does remind me of something else, is how I was really taken by... Because we already knew it was going to be set in Florida. I really mm. liked how the trailer felt very focused on that. Yeah. On really providing, like... Oh, not providing, but... I'm presenting Florida as like a very distinct culture and atmosphere compared to, um, and like especially compared to like what they did with Vice City, which is ages ago. But having played it kind of mm, recently, mm. that game is you know, it has it's aged in a certain way that really doesn't hold up to what Rockstar do nowadays. Which is not a new, it's not like a novel thing to say or anything, but it's like it's kind of remarkable just how far they've gone in trying to embrace Florida as its own real like. You know that sense of place that's unique to that area, which seems, yeah. you know, just in the way they did with Los Angeles and New York. It's just yeah, uh, and the, and the thing is, like in the trailer, unlike Vice City, which was kind of very much set in a like a seemed like a district of Miami, this seems like what GTA Five did, where it's yes, it's got the city of Miami as Vice City, but then you you do venture into the outskirts of the overall um, state. Of Florida, where you know you see the the bayous, the swamps, in addition to the cityscape. So I think that I think that's like a, an example of how the scale has changed. Mm. Oh, and also the um, I saw people pointing out both the racial diversity and body diversity uh, that they mm. showed off in the trailer was very impressive, and I, I, I was very I happy did. about that. I did appreciate that. While I was yeah. underwhelmed by the trailer, and I guess I'll be the the cynical <laughs> negative voice for this chat. I did appreciate the 
the diversity scene. <laughs> would have been nice if it was in engine, but that's fine. I think a lot of it is. I think it is in engine. It's just yeah. um, not not gameplay. It's yeah. one of the. It's like one of that's, those trailers where it's just yeah. That's that's my main issue with the trailers. We didn't see much in the way of of gameplay, and in that mm. sense, we didn't learn anything that we didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say earlier. It's like it's um, it does the substantial leaks from last year really if like if people are aware of them really undermines some of the like potential impact of a trailer like this i mean that's, we just, that's we just know I, all of it yeah. i didn't keep up with the leaks right like i think i knew somewhere in the back of my mind that they were talking that it had been vice city again i didn't know about any of the leaks and i was still like well what did we what did we really learn from that trailer not much yeah Rockstar's still doing Rockstar things. I mean, it's got fake TikTok in it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, I was watching videos about um, how the references to, like, real quirky characters, you know, like, the memes, like, the, the lady standing in her PJs with twin axes, like, the crocodile walking into a supermarket, like, the guy who looks like the pyromaniac guy from Suicide Squad. Like, <laughs> like you know... Or, like these are like taken from specific references to Florida. I didn't see any uh, any mention of the hardcore conservatism, anti-abortion, burning of books. So maybe that'll come in the next trailer because um, obviously w- you can't represent Vice City without you know the things that make it what it is. Yeah, I'm curious how the political commentary will go this time because it usually doesn't go amazingly mm. <laughs> great i think uh, I'm, I'm excited to to see the responses from certain groups about mm. playing as both a woman and a non-white player character yeah which is obviously unheard of in games and unacceptable and to do both at once that's that's something else mm. and 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 from the trailer it seems like the the female character is the kind of the the badass ex con extroverted guns blazing person and the guy seems to be a bit more of the the straight man i mean probably you know literally and figuratively in terms of he seems to be a bit more hesitant and needs a bit more assurance so maybe i wonder that might be interesting to to see the difference between the two sort of like what you saw with Trevor and Michael and Franklin. The black guy. <laughs> Franklin, sorry, in GTA 5. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Have we have we really played as an inch, like a more quiet character in GTA? Because I feel like Michael and Franklin were, were pretty loud, even though Trevor was over the top. I think they're generally kind of subdued. I think GTA 5 was sort of, they had three characters, so they could just go three different directions. Because I was thinking about mm. that a little bit as well. It's like, they, you know, they're talkative enough. But it's like three's protagonist was silent, well, he didn't talk, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Vice City yeah. they tried to change it up with Ray Liotta voicing him. But it ends up yeah. like it's not it's oh no, the player usually doesn't have much of an active role in the story. So the characters tend to be sort of uh I don't know, not quieter, but they're because their role's so um limited, they're mm. like they're just they're rarely that like loud <laughs> as a character. I think the, that was yeah, it. I think that became clear in Grand Theft Auto V, where whoever you were playing as, the decisions were made by the other two. 
and it oh, didn't yeah. really matter <laughs> which one you oh, chose. Okay. The other two would yeah. step in and be like, here's the plan, guys. Like, yeah. oh, all right. <laughs> well, uh, I'll give a caveat that I haven't played five. Like, I haven't played much of it. I haven't completed the story. I, all, I got to the last mission in San Andreas. I played quite a bit of Vice City and I finished GTA 4 and Red Dead 1. So, like, you guys... Sounds like you guys have a lot more experience with the GTA campaigns than me. Only GTA Five. Okay, okay. I've, I played a bit of San Andreas, liked it. I haven't actually played Vice City, so this will be my first time. No. First time visiting Miami. <laughs> Miami in twenty twenty three. That's where we want to be right now. <laughs> yep. Ah uh, well. Yeah. A- any any final thoughts before we move on, guys? Not really, no. no. <laughs> I like. I think it, like I was impressed by it. I, I enjoyed the trailer itself as like a mm. you know, as a trailer to kind of somewhat divorced from my expectations of the game. I guess I don't know something like that. Yeah. But it's um, I yeah. I, I don't know. There's not much. There's not. That. That, I have, find it hard to find much to talk about <laughs> with it yeah. right now. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm looking forward to more marketing in the lead up to the actual release. But as mm. as mm. an announcement trailer, I was unimpressed. You want it, yeah, to, be, it's you want be, it like, to be big and flashy. Yeah. And this is not a trailer that in a few years I'm going to be yeah. coming back to and watching again. Yeah, usually like the Rockstar formula is you do the teaser trailer and then you do the story trailer like six months before the game comes out and that's the one that like kind of like kind of cements... Like, uh, well, I don't know. I feel like Rockstar, they always, their initial trailers traditionally have grabbed a lot of attention. I mean, I really like this trailer, but... I think the story trailer is usually where people kind of get hooked. In. Like the quote-unquote serious players get hooked in. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention as well, it's like, I think the way... I'm not sure how often it happens. I think because it happened with Red Dead 2 as well, I think, where they don't reveal gameplay until very close to release. So yeah. I don't think we're yeah. going to see much substantial stuff from this game for a long time. Which yeah. is... Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half, right? <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> so far away. Hmm. Hmm. What's what's interesting is that it'll be. I think this is like the biggest gap between GTA games, right? I don't think we've had a gap this big. Yeah, yeah, kind of the it, norm now for series. It would have been, th- I think, thirteen years by the time <laughs> GTA comes out. I think uh, GTA six comes out between GTA six and GTA five's original release. Like, yeah, because that was a, the, for context. That was a late PS three slash Xbox three sixty game. I think it came out in uh, middle of. 2012 so yeah that's pretty crazy <laughs> you could you could be born when gta 5 came out and then old enough to play gta 6 and un- and you know you, you'd be like 13 years old by that time so that's pretty crazy <laughs> uh, i was like oh gta oh gta 5 that's my dad's my dad played that oh i feel old <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> sorry it's too early in the episode <laughs> Uh, well, how about we move over to the next uh, next um, trailer, John? Yep. Um, the other trailer for the week was the first look at the Fallout TV show, which was announced some time ago, but we haven't had a good look at for a long time, outside of set photos that people <laughs> were able to sneak every so often. Um, it's being developed by Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan. They're the duo best known for HBO's Westworld show. Um, and... It's releasing on in April on April 12 next year on Prime Video, 
or Amazon's Prime Video. And um, yeah, otherwise, um, yeah, how do, you, how do you guys feel about the trailer? I thought it was really cool. I, I, I liked it. I think it, it, it captures the kind of the, like, uh, I think the makeup and the set design is really cool. And I think it really does capture how, like, serious Fallout takes itself. And then once you actually go down a bit deeper, you realize how goofy the world of Fallout is. And I think it does a good job of capturing that. What do you guys, what do you, what do you think, Guy? Um, devastated to hear you say that because I'm cementing myself as the, the uh. heel of this episode. Because I did not like it. Don't worry, I'm I, in the same boat this time. I was <laughs> underwhelmed. Um, not not so much underwhelmed this time. Disappointed. I feel like maybe maybe I was just hoping for the wrong wrong thing, but to me it felt sanitized. And, yeah. and like they've they've painted over some of the the grittiness and the satire that makes the original Fallout's good, which is. Kind of part of my problem with the Bethesda takeover, anyway. Um, and I mm, guess mm. I guess that's what I got from the the trailer was that it's very Fallout Three, Fallout Four. It's got yep. got the not as- one and two. It's got the aesthetic, but after the aesthetic was watered down and sanitized by Bethesda. And I was mm. I was really hoping for that one and two, and I guess New Vegas tone and and a bit of grit and i didn't didn't see that from the trailer uh, yeah well i feel like it's got the same quality well if, if you're underwhelmed by it then it it's probably lines up with the quality of fallout 4 and fallout 76 in that way yeah i was kind of um i found it kind of remarkable how much it looked and felt like fallout 4 yeah, like just outright, like seeing like a lot of the designs so completely, so specifically cribbed from Fallout yep. Four, which like yep. makes sense, but it ends up feeling a bit like an ad or like a fan film a little bit as a trailer. Because <laughs> um, I feel like Fair every enough. time they try to, I don't know, like especially since Bethesda's taken it, it feels like it, each new Fallout thing feels fairly distinct. Um, especially with Four, because it was like a big change in art direction and star which is matched the technology at the time but it's like it's kind of true with new vegas as well and fallout 3 especially and it's just like all of it feels quite distinct and now it's like they did a tv show and i think in my mind i was expecting it to feel more distinct in a similar way with like a kind of its own approach to the the um the material and didn't really get that which is kind of disappointing um yeah but i was I, i'll admit like i was already kind of down on it from the very beginning because <laughs> like um because i don't i'm not a huge fan of westworld i i did not like the show much um and when they announced they he, i think it's impressive visually in the way that makes sense for that duo handling it but i find westworld very um very cold and somewhat charmless as a show I, that's how Ooh. i found it i didn't and i think it's like i think it's fairly deliberate but i also just don't connect with it emotionally and I feel like that's almost like it feels like the exact wrong sort of overall like creative direction to take Fallout. Yeah. When there was an outsider, it's like, oh, that doesn't sound right to me. And then when the yeah. trailer happened, it's just like, yeah, this sounds 
this looks about what I kind of thought it would, where it's pretty, the scale of it looks appropriately, you know, kind of vast in a similar way. The special effects yeah. look pretty good. The costuming mm. and everything looks good, but it like there's so there's it feels kind of hollow, especially when it feels know, so. Man. Walter Goggins, I think he d- he looks great as a mutant. I, well, I love Goggins, but he does <laughs> he does not look freaky like. He already looks like he's like. I'm really glad you brought this up because this is my example of of how Fallout as a franchise has gotten worse over time. Because every every new installment, the ghouls look less ghoulish, right? The first yeah. game you saw a ghoul, you're like, "Wow, that's a ghoul. That is that is wrong to look at. Something has gone very wrong with these people." Wait, and do now, you mean Fallout One? I mean Fallout One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, by Fallout 3, they're just kind of guys with skin conditions. <laughs> and then the TV trailer, that's just a guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've seen people with sunburns worse. <laughs> that looked worse <coughs> than Jesus Christ. this horrible you see, you see radiation mutation poisoning that's apparently affected the ghouls you, in you seen Fallout. People in, uh, you've seen people in country Australia look worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh God! So they're I mean, like, oh, here's the big reveal. Here's what the ghouls are going to look like. Hey, like, hey that's just in that's defense. just Ted from down the street. <laughs> in defense, <laughs> technically, each subsequent Fallout game takes place seventy to like hundred plus years between, right? So maybe the early ghoul, like the the ghouls in Fallout One, because they were still so fresh from the exposure to radiation, they still were in the middle of their decay and maybe hundreds of years further down, they, you know, they've completed their decay and there's some stabilization and then this is, maybe this is set after. Well, is this set in its own universe? Did, did we get news about that? I, I don't know. I kind of I think, like, <laughs> I think no it's set in, in the, the same Just universe. They're not doing any alternate timelines. But it's also... Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, so maybe that'll be the season one twist. It's set in Westworld, like that universe, yeah. but like later. His, uh, nu- his also- nuclear world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll also say as well, it's like uh, it's it's appropriate for a teaser trailer, which is why it's described versus an actual trailer, I suppose. Even though they don't seem to be very different anymore, but I didn't get much <laughs> yeah. sense of um story in a way that two kind minute of, teaser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, like the lack of a sense of the where the story is going aside from someone leaving the vault and the brotherhood of steel being a thing and i guess one of the ghoul <laughs> sheriff i guess is what he is i'm not sure what he is um, yeah he seems like some sort of bounty hunter slash sheriff yeah. um because it, 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 it in the teaser trailer we see the flashback scene of him as a human with his child yeah so we'll see um but um, I think that really emphasized how much of a greatest hits feel it had as a trailer. It felt like they were yep. hitting a lot of the same, the exact modern day Fallout beats that yep. they always got to hit. I mean, and if if anyone was surprised that the Brotherhood of Steel was going to be in the Fallout TV show, <laughs> I don't know where the hell you've been. It's not about surprise. It's just like I find it like I just wanted something to attach to in terms of like, oh, okay, this is the direction of it. Rather than just going, oh, okay, I get that it's Fallout. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. But I just don't get much sense of anything else about it. Yep. Vault Dweller leaves Vault. Uh, big cockroaches. 
uh, man in in mech suit, uh, uh, ghoul guy, and and then um, uh, old timey music. I think it ticks all the boxes of someone like you know what they expect from a Fallout trailer, S- but I get the f- like. I have the feeling that it's just going to be one of those shows that we've had in this in like the the latter streaming era where it's it's just fine, you know. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it's something that you can watch and not feel offended by, compared to something that you know is really compelling, like The Last of Us. I guess I guess that's what disappoints me the most is I get that that impression that this is going to be a show that challenges nobody. Asks no difficult questions. It's just fun, easy watching, which is not what made Fallout good. Yeah. Mm. It is, in fact, the opposite of what made Fallout good. Yeah. And I always felt that, like, part of Fallout's shtick was kind of commentary on, you know, capitalism and consumerism with the amount of shit that's everywhere and like brands kind of like the things that survived the apocalypse were um like the brands of cola and techno and like tv and things like that versus like all our cultural institutions are just gone no one thinks about them but everyone knows everyone still knows nuka cola but they've forgotten all the other important cultural things and i feel like this doesn't have any of that because it's like I think that the closest thing it gets to satire is the fact that it calls out that, you know, from the people who made, you know, that other game show and then said, um, oh, uh, and, um, oh yeah, and two-day shipping. Like, that was kind of the only call out for it. I don't know. It's, it seems like, yeah. Yeah. Seems soulless is what I'll say. Hmm. Yeah. Theming seemed a little light. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway, but with, yeah. <laughs> with the good vibe stories out of the way, let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> um, I I feel really bad. <laughs> like, all right, we'll start the. No, it's like I was gonna do the same thing with Fallout. At least, don't feel at too. L- bad. At least with Fallout. But like, <laughs> st- yeah. Before we recorded this episode, we were saying, all right, we'll start with some light, happy, <laughs> happy news about trailers. I feel like I've just kicked down the door. And like, actually, <laughs> actually, they're shit, and you shouldn't like them. See, folks, none of this is staged. These are all real reactions. <laughs> if you if you uh, thought if you thought we had a script at any point, again, I don't know what you've been listening to. <laughs> I know we give off the vibe that we're incredibly well rehearsed. <laughs> we should put a screenshot uh, of our of our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> where it's just we discuss the trailer and then we move on to the next <laughs> we bit. move on to the next thing well you know uh how about we uh take a take a quick break and talk about some of the uh the business news that have been taking place over the past week the first story in the uh, business block for this week is uh, another story from Embracer Group. And yet again, it's a story of Embracer shutting down a uh, long-running studio. In this case, it is New World Interactive, uh, who 
people at home might remember from a game called Insurgency um, and Day of Infamy and Insurgency Sandstorm. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a, a tragic story here. Um, so it had uh, multiple games, allegedly had multiple games in development this year, but none of these new games have been announced so far. Um, Insurgency Sandstorm was averaging about 4,000 players a day over the past uh, s three months, even though it's you know n nine years after the game. Well, sorry, about six years after Sandstorm came out. Um, so Saber Interactive, who, which is the kind of the the shooter division of Embracer of Embracer Group, uh, provided a statement to Insider Gaming, which is where this initial report came from. Uh, is that uh, quote Saber can can confirm there have been restructuring changes involving our New World Interactive subsidiary. This reorganization has unfortunately resulted in layoffs at the studio. We are working to fill existing open roles within Sabre with individuals affected by these changes wherever feasible and we will be providing severance packages to those employees impacted. Development will continue on Insurgency Sandstorm as well as unannounced future projects. So... Looks like um, those projects will be, I guess the, the 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 duties for handling the development will be spread across the other Saber Studios. I don't know, John. What what do you think about this? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. It just sucks, like all these other stories. Not sure. Uh, yeah. Not sure. There's, I have a ton to say about it. Um, other yeah. than that, it's just Embracer just continuing on doing what they're doing. Um, yeah. I think the fact that they're kind of not cancelling the projects, that they're kind of I mean, it makes sense. Sandstorm's going to kind of continue being um, uh, maintained, at least. Um, yeah, I'm guessing that's what that playing, means. But like, I, I remember playing the original Insurgency back in the day, and it was a very, it was kind of like a more realistic take on Counter Strike and Call of Duty. It had a lot more realistic physics and like a sound, like a audio system and things like that. Um, but I, I never actually got around to playing Sandstorm and. Um, and uh, day of infamy, so maybe maybe I'm part of the problem <laughs> of uh, why they're not around today. Well, it sounds like they were doing all right. Otherwise, <laughs> it sounds like yeah. one of those things where they just weren't quite as profitable or successful as they wanted. Embracer needed them to be, I guess, and so mm. they're just mm. everything is being dissolved into Saber further, <laughs> which doesn't sound yeah. like a great idea, to be honest. Yeah. If they're just gonna keep. If it's like, I don't know, see how it goes. Like you're, you're keeping the projects alive, but getting rid of the studio behind them and just, you know, diluting the, the passion behind it, which I think is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Actually, the quote that says, yeah. development will continue on Insurgency, Sandstorm, as well as unannounced future projects. I guess that probably speaks more to Saber's projects than it does uh, UART Interactives, actually. Yeah, I would I imagine so, yeah. that whatever New World Interactive was working on is, is done. But yeah. Saber's projects will, will go ahead with whatever stuff remain. I am which, the captain now. Which, the way things are going, is like three people at Embracer Group, it seems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It kind of seems like it. Yeah. Well, looks like um, things, are, things, things elsewhere in Europe aren't going so well in the industry, Kai. Yeah, well, EA uh, has laid off staff at Codemasters um, just after the launch of F1 23 and EA Sports uh, WRC. 
So Codemasters, uh, for about the last decade, has looked after nearly all of EA's uh, racing games. Um, so F1 every year, the Dirt series, including Dirt Rally, uh, Micro Machines, if you're more into, and, hey. and Toy Box Turbos, if you're into smaller vehicles. Uh, yeah, since yeah. about 2011, they've almost exclusively done racing games with the exception of Overlord Fellowship of Evil. Uh, that's the one <laughs> game I could find that is not a racing game that they've done. Yeah. Um, and I think EA purchased, yeah, EA bought Codemasters for just over 1 billion US dollars back in 2021. Yeah. So it I wasn't that it long was ago that they a spent a lot of money on it. Yeah, well, they spent the money in 2020, got the got the team in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Um, so EA has confirmed that uh, the redundancies are happening, but hasn't told anyone how many staff will be affected. Uh, an EA spokesperson said, their business is constantly changing as we strive to deliver amazing games and services. At times, this requires a company to make small-scale organizational changes that align our teams and resources to meet evolving business needs and priorities. Uh, yada yada. We continue to work closely with those affected by these changes, providing support. Standard boilerplate redundancy announcement, really. As if I'm there's, gonna, yeah. If Sorry. there's anything to take from that, it's the word small-scale, but with a company like EA... I don't really know what that means. That could be yeah. 10 people. That could be 200. Yeah. And, okay. Andrew Wilson has been the CEO of EA, I think, since 2012 or so. Like, definitely late. Like, I, I believe he took over from uh, uh, Peter Moore, who took over from John Riccatello. So... What the fuck is Andrew Wilson? Why is he still the CEO of EA? Because I feel like EA has had a downward trajectory since the heyday of like, you know, games like Mass Effect, Dead Space, uh, Mirror's Edge, uh, like Dragon Age, like that era of EA just saying, you know what, go out, create new IP, go out and make some new properties, we'll take the risk and see how we go. And I feel like, you know, EA's... Yes, EA's had, you know, the EA Partners Program, so you had things like Unraveled, Haze Light, It Takes Two. Now, you, you know, we, we do get games like that, but I feel like looking at EA right now, like what, what really does EA have that is very, very valuable besides FIFA? Because even the, the other narrative-based Star Wars games were shelved before they even got, like, you know, full-on revealed, right? Like, we had Star Wars 1313, that was shelved. Then we had um, the Amy Hennig project, that was shelved, the Jade Raymond project. You know, like, it seems like there have been a lot of things happening at EA that have been very, very bad and resulted in a lot of bad bad releases. You know, Anthem, uh, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, like, you know... Even um, the Jedi, the Star Wars Jedi games, like they had really bad technical releases and took months of patching to get really, like, really solid. And Star Wars Jedi Survivor has effectively been abandoned in terms of development on PC. So that version will 
effectively never be playable. So why is Andrew Wilson still at the helm of that bloody company? I mean, like, I'd, I'll yeah. feel this one. It's because reputation does not equal money. EA's reputation has tanked since Andrew Wilson came on board, but the company is still making money year on year, and that's increasing. Mm. And shareholders don't care mm. if players don't like Mass Effect Andromeda. They bought it. Yeah. And EA is, is still making money that way. Yeah. I think and, and the thing as, is, like, as a CEO, he's doing yeah. a bang-up job. As a person, he sucks. Yeah. And... Did, wasn't it on his watch that EA was voted the worst company in the world? Like twice. worse than Nestle? Like twice, right? Worse than Nestle, worse than FIFA? Like, you know, like I mean, admittedly, oh God, people. EA was voted worst in the world before all the Nestle shit came out. And uh, Nestle's yeah. been at I mean, the top of the charts since then. <laughs> well, I guess if people like, um, like if scumbags like Yves Gamow, um, Bobby Kotick, you know, uh, David Cage, you know, like if people like that can still be running companies, I guess it makes sense that, you know, Andrew Wilson, who hasn't been complicit in the sexual harassment or toxic workplace culture uh, that we know of just yet, is kind of the least bad, least of the worst guys, I guess. I mean, maybe th- <laughs> maybe that's the play here. Maybe that's why we're seeing all these redundancies. It's like you can't yeah. get you can't get caught out having a toxic workplace culture if you don't have a workplace. If you don't have a, if you don't have employees, none of them uh-huh. can complain against you. <laughs> that's a, that's a, maybe 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 what he's doing is um, they're like gutting everything and and making it look financially profitable. Maybe in preparation of a sale. So maybe that's what's on the cards as well. Who knows? Not this guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, John. John, another. you've been pretty quiet. Anything to add? <laughs> I just don't feel as strongly about it. I think it's just like it's. Um, they're making more money than ever. I imagine. I don't know what their financials are like lately, but it's just like I don't know the original games. Yeah, it's a good point though. They're the original games that aren't mainstays, or even the ones that are like Need for Speed. Like they have been doing kind of rough in a while for a while. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually yeah. not sure if there's like a clear direction forward other than, in some cases, I mean, polish. Because I think the racing games lately have been kind of rough in that regard. <laughs> they're, they're developing games for less money. It is costing them less to make the games. Obviously, it means those games are worse, but it also makes them more profitable. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So. That's... Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say, they have Apex still, but I think that one's kind of doing um, not as hot as it did a couple of years ago uh, as well. I think Apex um, is kind of on its last legs. I don't know about that. It's still right, pretty yeah. high up there, I think. But like, it, it, it probably news. it's not doing as well as it <laughs> Maybe, did. Yeah. That's think, my bad. I've been yeah. I've been misinformed. I thought it. Well, was it, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been gaining headlines as it used to, and it hasn't been dominating kind of like you know concurrent players and things like that. I think uh, like Fortnite doing a lot of work in rejuvenating the game, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, as well as you know Counter Strike Two, even. Valorant taking a few players away and then you know the the ongoing success of Warzone has kind of made people forget about Apex and 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 games like Overwatch over the past couple of years. I mean, that that's anecdotal of course, but yeah, I I, I do agree that we 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 hear less about it now. 
It also kind of reminds me that Battlefield 2042 came out, and I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> um, but that game, like, they're actually still supporting <laughs> <bought> it. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bought it, I don't play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like that one's got like season six or seven lately or maybe higher i don't know but it's like that one's still technically being supported a fair bit so mm-hmm. i mean i'm not sure that means much i'm I just mean, saying the it's la- like they've got they've got stuff happening but the latest season had much of a hit lately the latest season in um in battlefield 2042 is uh there's what they've found is there's um synthetic humanoid androids that you're fighting now Basically, like the Sentinels from Marvel. That is the whole thing, is that you're now fighting um, artificial super soldiers. And that's like kind of one of the modes, is that you're, you're trying to fend off hordes of these like super soldiers coming towards you. Like they literally look like... They look like a mix between Dr. Manhattan and uh, like maybe a, like a zombie from like Call of Duty in, in the way that they kind of approach. But they've also got the like the blue glowing eyes and like the invincibility of like a of a, like a robot from I am robot it's it's a very weird thing that you wouldn't really think about um <laughs> until it's brought up because it's cuz you don't really think about that when it comes to battlefield <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> anyway well the bad the bad news train seems to be uh continuing on its journey on this uh this uh this path what what the next stop is uh is a place called tiny build what's what's going on over there john um same news basically um this one's a bit more detailed no i won't go into all of it because honestly i put too much in the show notes but um it's a bit more detailed this time because it's like a, it's part of a trading update so it's, it's quite um involved in terms of just how they explain it but basically the way they put it to like the broad uh description like presentation of it seems to be like a lot of other tech companies they scaled too large in covid as things were and also i think it was in the um because it was the publisher of um oh i forgot the that was like oh i forgot that stealth games name that's like a little franchise with kids um i forget what it's called now metal gear (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) uh I, I I know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, they've had they've they've had hits that have been that have done well for them in the past, and they scaled up seemingly appropriately, and now that's starting to have a big impact on their financials as things are getting as hello neighbor is that yeah that's what I'm thinking of. I think it's them, right? Is that Tiny yeah, Build? They're published. Yes. They published that. Yeah, I was pretty sure. Um, yeah, so they scaled up, and now it's their financials are taking a hit as they haven't been able to replicate their success as well as just post-COVID um, happenings resulting in even further pain that way. So they said that... Um, yeah, so they said it um, that the company has been performing, quote, below expectations and therefore must take, quote, accelerated cost action to realign investments with expected revenues, which is a fun sentence. Um, oh. It also mentioned that the subsidiary... Of Tiny Build versus Evil, um, apparently it continues to under underperform as the latest three of the four upcoming upcoming titles until next year. Um, one of these games is actually the Australian developed and very Australian themed Broken Roads RPG that I think we've no. talked about. Yeah, um, but we did a whole fan fiction thing about it. I thought it was <laughs> that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but it's uh, yeah. So the CEO Alex Nichiporchik, I probably pronounced that a bit wrong, um, explained a combination of these factors has turned twenty twenty three into quote an incredibly challenging year for the publisher, and that their company hasn't um, has failed to overcome some significant hurdles. Um, the full quote is: We couldn't overcome weak demand for video games and the sudden reversal of market dynamics that had favors favored us over the previous years. We innovated in marketing, refocused our catalog, and adjusted the cost base as quickly as possible. And despite these actions, it wasn't enough in such a rapidly evolving market. So, yeah, so Tiny Build isn't doing so hot lately. And it's these are the kind of results of it, unfortunately. Um, There's also a follow-up um, from Eurogamer saying that their Tiny Build's internal developer, Hack, Hackjack Studios, um, that has been shut down. So Hackjack was uh, formed in 2023 with the solo developer Jed Steen, otherwise known as Hackjack. Um, he was working on Pigeon Simulator, him and I assume a whole team, um, which was expected as really early access next year, but that's done. Um, the producer Amanda Farrow um, said on a post on Blue Sky that Hackjack was, quote, unceremoniously shuttered and all employees lost their jobs. So it sounded like a particularly brutal sort of shuddering in Man. that case. And um, yeah, that's how Tiny Build's going. Not a publisher I'm super familiar with, to be honest, but, um, you know, has significance in a certain sphere of the industry that we're not, we don't talk about much, I think. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, another part of the industry which is hitting a bit more closer to home is the news this week that Aussie developer League of Geeks has stopped development on Jump Light Odyssey uh, after it laid off a s- half of its uh, ap- approximately half of its staff uh, this week and that consisted of 31 staff members and contractors who are working on Jump Light Odyssey uh, including members of the publishing and operations arm of the business so uh, Trent Custers who's the co-founder and studio director. He informed staff of the redundancies during a Zoom meeting on uh, last month, but the news about all this broke this week uh, via ABC, gamesindustry.biz, game developer, Kotaku, like quite a few different people were reporting on this. Um, Yeah, so uh, alongside Jump Light Odyssey, the Aussie studio was also working on a, a remake of Solium Infernum, which is a, I guess you could say, like a cult classic in the strategy genre. Um, so, it, uh, I- I in the interview, uh, Trent Custers, uh, the, the co-founder, talked about Solo Inf- um, how Solium Infernum was also at risk, uh, but that it managed to secure some f- um, loan, some funding via loans uh, to make sure that the game could be completed and keep at least that team um, afloat. But without any additional in investment from outside, um, the company would have to, quote, pull the plug, quote, on one of the games or dip into the, the benefits that employees um, are owed, you know, things like super, annual leave, sick leave, things like that. Um, you know, in another interview, uh, he, uh, Custer's added that um, over the past six months, quote, almost all funding and investment has evaporated from the games industry. So talking about the games industry in Australia. So despite the federal government announcing quite a few different schemes, um, I guess some more mature studios like Mighty Kingdom, 
who also has gone through layoffs this year and, and League of Geeks potentially were not the beneficiaries of, 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 of such funding. So, quote, the only projects being backed right now are surefire guaranteed hits, um, uh, end quote, and that he had that his company had seen two different deals um, for investment falling apart in about three weeks. And one of the... Well, he claims that one of those deals was enough to secure funding for the studio to remain open past 2026, which is a, you know, a significant amount of money if you think about you know, keeping 60-plus employees, full-time employees and contractors employed for, for three-plus years. So, quote, um, in terms of Jump Light Odyssey, which is a... Look, a very cool-looking sci-fi strategy game um, from the developer. Quote, he's, the studio is now looking to, quote, tie a bow on the game and that the game is not cancelled, but it's been delayed indefinitely. Um, he's hoping that the team can find financing in the near future and, and, and actually complete the game and bring it to full release, which I, I really hope they do because I think we need to see more Australian games um, come out and and hopefully become success uh, successes. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a pity because like I I think I'm certain I've heard of that game before, but it's been a second. But it definitely feels like how that game went, especially apparently because I had apparently had like game breaking bugs when it released in early access early this year, and just a lot mm. of problems in the technical side of it. And it's like the review score on Steam is like currently mixed, which is a bit of a death knell for most games if yeah. they're not already pretty popular. So it's um, yeah, that's yeah. kind of that had to be a pretty rough launch for a game like that for a team that was already potentially on the knife's edge. Even though at this time they probably didn't think so. So it's um, yeah, yeah. I actually thought that the game already came out, like it came out like um like in the last couple of months but I guess maybe it was I was I was confusing it with news of the, the early access from earlier this year mm. I guess that's it yeah if something comes out on early access does that count as it's been released or not yeah, yeah it's mm. that's 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 a can of worms we probably don't want to yeah we don't we don't have time <laughs> to get into that maybe on a slower news week <laughs> Some more bad news. This time, it it's not affecting us directly, Kai. Yes, uh, because we are not South Korean, and we also don't stream on Twitch so much anymore. Uh, but we might one day. Mm. Let's not mm. let's not close the door on that. Anyway, Twitch is shutting down in South Korea. Um, CEO Dan Clancy announced on Tuesday that Twitch would stop operating in South Korea on February 27, 2024, uh, due to the uh, very, very high operating costs uh, involved in in running it there. Um, In a quote, he said, while we have lowered costs from these efforts, our network fees in Korea are still 10 times more expensive than in most other countries, um, even after they've tried to cut those costs by doing a peer-to-peer model uh, for source quality 
as well as capping video quality at 720p try and limit limit those costs um, he said that unfortunately there is no pathway forward for our business to run more sustainably in that country uh, he has assured south korean streamers that uh, the platform will will try and help them move to alternative services um, and has reached out to those services to try and make that transition easier and keep those communities alive and going as as they mm. swap um, yeah so that's I think that's yeah. where we're at I guess people at home might be wondering hey why why is this news you know as relevant to us I guess people it's good to remember that South Korea is where the kind of the modern iteration of esports as a as an on like a global online phenomena with prize money and you know people making a career out of professional gaming that all of that came out of the the esports like the the esports boom of the late 90s early 2000s that was spurred on in large part by South Korea where StarCraft, the original StarCraft and, and, and Dota mod really uh, took off and became, a ho- like they became household names through through the, the explosion of the, you know, of broadband internet in the late 90s and early 2000s across the world and some of the, the, f- the first global live streams being, being viewed and, 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 and people becoming stars, you know, I- in their own right. And it, of, of course, you know, they're not as big in terms of the global scene uh, as we know it, but they still have a lot of individuals who are part of major esports teams and also uh, major players within the fighting game scene, which has a very healthy online kind of streaming viewership and and community. And it's going to be sad that, you know, an, an entire nation of people who are very passionate about video gaming are potentially going to miss out on, you know, their audience, right? Like whether that's mates streaming them themselves having a tournament in their in their in their garage, or even like a professional tournament, or even professional streamers who are trying to earn a li- living. You know, maybe a, maybe they're a, a a member of the fighting game community who is trying to build up their profile and and raise money to attend an event like Evo or Evo Japan like those people are going to be really affected by by something like Twitch and uh up by Twitch leaving South Korea so I feel like the experience for them is going to get even worse because not only have they been capped in terms of bandwidth before but now they're going to have to you know use VPNs or something to get around it and that's again going to negatively affect their experience streaming and yeah, it, it's it's a bummer um, because it is a country that has given so much to the world in terms of gaming entertainment, and it's um, yeah, it, it'll be a shame to see it uh, lose lose its standing in that way. I I don't think it is going to lose its standing so much. I mean, Twitch is Twitch is far from the monopoly it it was at one. It point. It used to be, yeah, yeah. I do think the that they'll adjust to to other services, and I think yeah. We might see those other services start to do much better, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, true. South Korea's role in esports and and streaming is not a historical thing; it is very much still mm. a huge player. That's true. So, That's true. Who knows? Like with with um, 
companies like Kick, you know, competitors to, to Twitch. Like this is this is prime for them because they've uh, they've they've got a habit of taking on a lot of Twitch refugees, whether or not they got banned from Twitch or whether they've just been paid out massive contracts. But now this might be another way in. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Kick has more money than Twitch, um, but <laughs> yeah, but they can make they can advertise more gambling things because that that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Fun thought. I, I, I imagine it's very, like I think my my impression is that everyone will either move to YouTube or a local streaming service in Korea. Facebook gaming. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah actually, that. there might be yeah, something I'll local there. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not quite sure how it works. Because it's like the the cost, high costs are related to how the it's like a law that went into place a mm. couple of years ago or so. I mean, it was somewhat time recent. Um, like it wasn't. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's like you can't do like uh, I I think the idea is that look if there's a local streaming platforms are um, don't suffer as much in terms of like yeah. these high costs. I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think sure. streaming <laughs> services like Netflix have been affected by that as well. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I remember, because remember there was a there was those big stories about the South Korean ISPs uh, w- wanting to charge Netflix like uh, for the 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 high bandwidth usage during COVID, especially around the explosion of Squid Game, because uh, there was a there was a big story in the fallout of that. So mm. yeah, that that does make sense now that you mention it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, at least it's if if uh if some parts of the gaming industry are shrinking, another part seems to be growing and it's a part that's a very uh, near and dear to you, John. <laughs> that's a way to put it. I enjoyed that segue. I was wondering how you're going to do it. Um <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll try not to go on about it, but basically <coughs> Fortnite has Moved on from chapter four into chapter five. Basically, a big game update. Lots of changes. It's usually that's the news. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> this happened like they usually close out chapters with a big live event where everyone can play and watch at the same time. Um, this time, it was yet again <laughs> the Big Bang event that featured Eminem. If you're um, keeping track of any of it, um, it was it was basically a 15-minute, 10-minute sizzle reel for the future of Fortnite and not much substance beyond that. So it was, um, it was <laughs> also mean, surrounded by like massive server issues that took down not just <laughs> Fortnite, but the Epic Game Store itself. Like Epic Services wow. as a whole <laughs> was severely <laughs> sick. The yeah, power like, of Eminem. When Eminem, y- young, uh, young disenfranchised youth and guns come into play, the world pays attention. And this time it, it was in Fortnite very inspiring but it's <laughs> um the the sizzle reel um it basically just highlighted three new game modes or like they, i think they've generally been called games outright they're not just mm, like they mm. exist in fortnite but they you can also download like separate games. yeah so you can download them separately as well so you don't have to download fortnite battle royale to play them so basically the first one is lego fortnite <laughs> hopefully it's less confusing than when zero build shows up in everyone's library in addition to the normal fallout launcher i mean yeah we fortnite actually don't launcher. know so it could be more confusing <laughs> <laughs> uh so lego fortnite it looks a lot like minecraft via lego as in it's a survival crafting game made out of lego bricks um it looks very cute <laughs> as all the lego games typically do um mm. there's not much we know about it otherwise um, other than that 1200 current in 
game skins are going to be converted to Lego minifig versions at launch, <laughs> and then they're going to roll out more over time. So the idea is like, I think at the very core idea of it is sort of adding value to skins you buy in a way, which I think is actually <laughs> weirdly, uh, horribly smart of Epic yeah. to do stuff like that. Um, the second game is Fortnite Festival. This is a rhythm music game developed by Helmonix, um, known for a rock band. And um, season one will feature The Weeknd as kind of the star of the season. Um, again, we don't know much about it other wow. than a little bit that it probably it looks like controls like rock band but with controllers or game pads versus plastic instruments this is a bit like amplitude maybe (laughs) i'm actually very excited to see what it is (laughs) i'm pretty i'm kind of on board unless it's terrible and extremely predatory like financially (laughs) which it might be but i don't actually i don't know we'll see um i'm pretty excited to see what that one is and um and lastly is um, is in on the topic of the weekend is there something else? That's a song mm. by the band The Weeknd. <laughs> those of you, those of you playing at home. Oh, f- fair enough. <laughs> uh, and lastly, um, the third game announced was Rocket Racing. This is a somewhat traditional arcade racer developed by Psyonix. Um, they're the ones who make Rocket League. Um, we got kind of a glimpse of all three modes, or all three games. And this is a real, but most of it was like very pre-rendered. There's a little bit of control here and there, but it's, I don't know, it's basically a vertical slice incorporating all three games. So it's hard to say much about it so far, but basically, yeah, it was basically just a big ad for the games they want you to spend money on in time, potentially. <laughs> um, and yeah, so otherwise, I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. I, th- I think it's just, um, it's mostly interesting that, Fortnite is sort of the first of these platform games to really move forward in a big way, like almost simultaneously debuting three f- seemingly full-featured releases within Fortnite uh, across three days. Because as of recording, Lego comes out tomorrow, and then Festival the day after, and then Racing the day after that. So it's like it's all happening qu- really fast, and it's gonna be it's gonna be curious to see quite how it lands and whether they'll have distinct audiences or whether there'll be more of a way to keep existing Fortnite players looped into the game even further or not like I think the idea is that the Lego game especially will appeal to like kids in particular outside of it because it has like separate age ratings as well so it's um yeah it's a big experiment that might have big ramifications or it might not we don't know Hmm. It's these no, updates are really creeping up on us. That's a song by the band The Weeknd. <laughs> I suspect. <laughs> you know what? Uh, no, the, I, I, the... am, I am excited for, for the rhythm <laughs> game. I think The Weeknd have really earned it. That's a song by the band The Weeknd. <laughs> oh, you actually are referring out. to the artist The Weeknd. <laughs> what? How do you know that? <laughs> I, I was thinking that you were okay. Is there a band called The Weekend as well? Like, is there actually a band called The Weekend? I'm sure there is. Yes. Okay. They're a very and there's also popular band. Popular is a song by the band The Weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. 
<laughs> I thought you were talking about a very particular star, boy. I don't get it. I hate this. <laughs> oh. Also a song, by the way. Hey, according to the Epic Game Store... Oh man, you know, I've smiled so much I, I can't feel my face when I'm with you guys um, when <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I, I'm so We're sorry killing John. A bear again. <laughs> um, What was I going to say uh, I just looked in I uh, just booted up the Epic Game Store um, Because I do do that once every few months And I saw that uh, um, for, Like the new Fortnite modes it says, oh, featured in the actual game. So, they're not separate launches, like executables. You know, uh, yeah, like a, there's a lot of assumptions currently, I think, because that's kind of how Zero Build works, is that you can download a separate thing that has just that, I think. That is and, true. And that save true. the world, like the original version of Fortnite from way back. You can download yep. that separately. So Which is just called Fortnite now, and then there's Fortnite Battle Royale. Which yeah, there's like it's, things, it's already is, sort of like I think technically, if you want to break it down, there's already um, there's already like two games in Fortnite, so now there'll be five collectively. With yeah. Bo- yeah, so it's like it's already kind of like, and then there's like creative mode, which is its own Roblox, uh, you know, uh, universe. Yeah. So it's just like there's a lot. I don't know. It's um, which is which is weird because I'm downloading Fortnite Battle Royale again, but it's actually downloading Fortnite. And then it's queuing the Battle Royale separately, which, why even separate it then? <laughs> Epic Game Store, get your shit together. <laughs> I'll be the first person to say that. The Epic Game Store needs updates. Yeah, Revolutionary really take here. <laughs> Someone needs to tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think we are out of time for the news. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Out of time yes. is the song by the band The Weeknd. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you uh, thought I was yeah. done with the weekend puns, but there's one right now. <laughs> <laughs> one right now is the song by the band The Weeknd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, anyway, let's let's <laughs> go breaking. I think that's going to do it for the news. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Which is not a song by the weekend. <laughs> John, you've been uh, playing a couple of games over the past week. What is? Uh, tell us about a uh, Lethal Company. Yeah, um, the big uh, viral hit of three weeks ago or so. <laughs> Um, I've been like I've been playing it a little like not as the last week I haven't been playing it but I played it around 15 hours total with uh, some friends um, before that um, but I ended up talking about Dead Space instead basically <laughs> um, it's yeah um, to kind of try to um, it's sort of a an extraction shooter no it's not a shooter but it's an extraction game where or like almost like a roguelike in um, that one or more players up to four kind of you start in a spaceship, you have to collect scrap from like abandoned moons um, and then get back to your ship bef- and sell all that scrap before 
um, the deadline and you have the equator, otherwise you get sucked out into space next time you fly up into the atmosphere. That's the loop of it. Um, the loop, of, like, so you kind of, you land on a moon and you decide which moon you want to land on based on, like, weather conditions and um, cost to go there. Like, later, like, certain moons have a starting cost to even fly there. So um, there's sort of a gamble there as well. Um, but basically, yeah, you land on a moon, it starts off in the morning, you um, kind of head towards the entrance of basically like a procedurally generated dungeon um, that's always pretty similar. Like there's not much distinction. So you kind of learn what can be in there and what can't be, or mostly can. <laughs> there's not really much limitations of what can't be in there, which kind of reminded me a bit of Spelunky, if anyone's played that. Oh, that I love you kind of You kind of like gradually incorporate knowledge into how you play and that could, you kind of get more efficient at it, that kind of experience. Um, but it's also uh, like it's kind of a jump scare horror game sort of thing. So that dungeon is mostly full of enemies that can pretty instantly kill you. <laughs> you want to use walkie-talkies that have limited life between each other. You also have to pay for a lot of this stuff. And you also have, very, you have four things you can hold at once. So you have to juggle having items that are useful or having any space at all to hold scrap that you can like you know carry back to your ship and oh that's the other part of it is like i said the morning because by the time it hits sunset monsters start coming out um outside between the dungeon and your ship so that becomes its own challenge getting back there um a lot of like so basically you're just always you're very fragile and squishy and you're trying to get you're trying Glory to explore these dungeons <laughs> you're trying to explore these dungeons as like as well as you possibly can because half the time there's going to be some enemy that is going to be hard to deal with they all have like they all have um ways of dealing with them but um they're not not easy to learn unless you go hunting out for hunting for information that people have already put together i haven't actually done that much i think my friends have a little bit but otherwise everything's still hard to deal with so like there's techniques to deal with um you know like there's an enemy where um, you need to basically constantly stare at them. Someone needs to. <laughs> Otherwise, if someone looks away, they're going to like almost instantly jump on you and kill you and also replace your neck with a spring. <laughs> oh, and then okay. like it's just like it's like the weeping angel from Doctor Who, as I understand, because I don't actually yes. watch that, um, yes. where it's it, <laughs> like it's basically a statue that is needs to be stared at otherwise it is going to instantly it comes alive kill the entire team yeah yeah um so it's uh not sure it's i guess my opinion of it is that it's very fun i think it's it's there's something very tactical about uh, tactile about a lot of it um you're kind of using this like old ms dos like computer to like order things and like sh um, go to each moon but you can also like a lot of the way you engage with like travel and mm. costs and stuff is through this big chunky computer that's quite loud that's and cool. slow um sound and darkness are both big factors of the game sound mm. especially um it, the game in general is very dark once you get into a dungeon so it's like you can have a flashlight but they mm. also they're also kind of limited to how useful they are because they run out of juice and they won't yep. help you defeat anything <laughs> either <laughs> like they barely even help you yeah they're just they're just not I don't know things are maybe less useful than they want you want them to be when you're constantly terrified of 
something jumping out at you behind the corner. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I have too much to say other than that. It's very good. It's an early access title, so it's going to be developed by the single person making it over time. Is it Zeke's? Um, how do you say Zeke's? Is the studio? I right? don't know. Or is that that person? <laughs> I think it's the first. Yeah, it's like a single person making it. Um, it it's very impressive as a single dev effort as well, both in terms of just how um, easy everything works on a networking level, but mm. also just game design-wise, everything works very... It, everything kind of cogs together very like kind of seamlessly, at least currently. Um, though I think the game has been out for a little while, but it's... Um, I think it's only gotten really picked up, uh, only really picked up traction last month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure I have too much to say about it, unfortunately, other than that it's Seems very like good. It's, it's worth, yeah, it's worth playing if you have if you um, have a little group to play with. I think if you're by yourself, it's a bit rough because um, that's another thing is that, like the ship has a monitor, lets you keep track of people, and you can open doors for them and disable certain like machines mm. um, while you're back at the ship but you can't do much else <laughs> like yeah but basically it's like so having at least three people is really helpful if you can have someone back at the ship so that adds like another dimension to the gameplay basically um yeah oh fair yeah, enough it's, it's pretty yeah, cool so it's, uh, seems it, like it's, it's um like there's a lot of cool things happening within the game which is really cool yeah, like lo- lots of impressive systems that feel very, um, very well thought out, and less more about creating like really strong, like emergent horror scenarios mm. for a team, and less about trying to like string along players across you know long times. So they can just scrap creating like these, you know, small memorable, or not even small, but you know, like memorable journeys into these. Horrific nightmares. <laughs> oh, escapes. <laughs> what a word. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Yeah, it sounds it sounds good. I'll have to look into it and maybe pick it up. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a try. I'll say. But, uh, yeah, that's oh, basically my enough. week. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I've been. So. I've been still working my way through Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, coming to the the end of my journey there, um, but my okay. big but my big achievement is for the first time since I've started, you know, back in twenty eighteen, I have achieved high honor, uh, which <laughs> I'm I'm irrationally proud of, considering it was always an option, uh, <laughs> but now at the at the end of my playthrough, I've turned my life around, stopped compulsively <laughs> robbing trains. And now I'm a good person. But well, so I, you've I did redeemed yourself, Kai. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's why they call it. <laughs> wow. Like the title has something to do. With, oh no, dead is also in the title. <laughs> this is not a good thing. I. What gets me is I didn't expect to be so scared of losing my honor. Now that I now that I have it. As soon as I went up like one de- one degree on the scale into the into the white rather than the black, not the black, the red. Uh, it's been a day. I've been doing budget reporting. Oh, holy cow! That's uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. 
so once I once I went into the the good side of the scale, uh, I became deathly terrified of doing anything to to put that at risk. The <laughs> uh, point I I went to wave at someone, and this is my problem with Rockstar's controls. They're so contextual. So rather than politely wave at this guy, I leapt from my horse onto his, punched him out, and stole his horse. <laughs> Oh, it's just a and Tuesday. <laughs> almost, almost screamed <laughs> because I was <laughs> so scared of losing the honour that I had worked so hard for. <laughs> I cannot emphasise enough how long I spent fishing just so I could chuck the fish back into the lake and get the the tiny honour boost. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I I spent hours just riding my horse around, greeting people. Because you get, you know, <laughs> ten honor for that, and I needed needed it. Bar was lower back then, <laughs> hundred years ago. So the, the bar was good. so low. You can you can rob as many trains as you like, but if you say hi to enough people, they'll forgive you. <laughs> but also, once I once I got the high honor, all the the sort of end game quests where you make the big decisions came in. So I realized I. Didn't need to waste my time like that. I could have just done some more story missions. And like, would you like to kick this orphan? Or would you like <laughs> to donate all your money? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nice. So, the redemption oh. arc of, of my Arthur Morgan is interesting, to say the least. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Um, yep, yep. That's... <laughs> I appreciate the honesty there. Thank you, guys. <laughs> That's going to do it for another episode of Orphan Kicking. Um, thank you, everyone, for <laughs> listening to us ramble on about the weekend. Andrew Wilson, <laughs> uh, Redemption Arcs, and uh, um, <laughs> the potential depiction of Florida's horrific <laughs> current state in GTA 6. Um, head over to doublejump.co to uh, read all of our upcoming articles. I, I promise we will have articles there <laughs> soon. Um, and that uh, you can also head over to shop.doublejump.co to become a monthly member uh, give us a one-off tip or purchase some swag um, all of that supports uh, the website and keeps us uh, running online and keeps the the figurative lights on <laughs> John thank you so much uh, once again I know it's been a uh, uh, it seems like it's been warmer like consistently where you are <laughs> Probably it actually hasn't been too bad lately. I'm I'm scared for Christmas because <laughs> it traditionally gets very hot here in Perth. But yeah, uh, yeah. I can only imagine. Kai, thank you once again. I know it's been a very uh, arduous day. It seems like <laughs> in the regular job. <laughs> uh, well, uh, everyone at home, thank you so much for for joining us this week. We look forward to uh, catching you all next week. And until then, look out for one another. Peace. Uh, can I can I chime in? Yes. To our, to our listeners here. <laughs> um, 
this an apology. Next time, it's after hours. You're feeling heartless. You can save your tears. Because we will be here to fill the void. <laughs> We're so dedicated that whoop, we'd even die for you. <laughs> See you guys. You've earned it. <laughs> Bye.